Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, we are concluding our Indiana Jones series by watching the infamous Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, released in 2008. Yes, and uh, I'm going to start off by issuing an apology. Oh, what is this? Have we had some character growth here on Shoot the Flick? Well, I guess a little bit. When this movie first came out... I was very much in the camp of, like most people, ripping on Shia LaBeouf. Now, do I think Shia LaBeouf wasn't the best casting? Yeah, but he did not deserve the hatred that was spewed upon him. I apologize to Shia. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't. But he's, he... he's had a renaissance. He's fine now. He's not the fault of this movie, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I don't think he was the problem. I mean, this was when Shia LaBeouf was like very Shia LaBeouf-y, where he w- he had just done Transformers. He was very much like the hot young thing. He actually ended up winning, despite all the shit this movie got overall, he ended up winning a Teen Choice Award for this movie for Best Action Movie Actor. Which, granted, I mean, you know, the Teen Choice Awards are not like, you know, the Oscars or anything. But it's just indicative of how the kids enjoyed the Shia LaBeouf at that time. I certainly don't think that anyone else who got casted in this role would have made it better. I think the problem was with the character being completely one-dimensional and bland. Also, the fact that he has arguably the worst scene in the entire movie? Yeah, that that's argued. There's a long list of Th- there's candidates for that. There is, yeah, but the two scenes everyone remembers from this entire movie. It's nuking the fridge. Oh my god. And it's swinging with the monkeys. Yes. Both Okay, so full disclosure, up until this point when we've been doing the Indiana Jones movies, Scott and I have seen all of them. This movie is the only Indiana Jones movie I have not seen. Scott has seen, I have not. And um, I thought it was going to be worse than what it was. It was bad, but I thought it was going to be much worse. <laughs> but yes, the, the monkey scene we're going to talk about, that's probably the worst. And then the fridge scene, that's bad too. I honest, I knew that was coming because it's become such a meme now. I mean, nuke the fridge has become its own term for jumping the shark for millennials, basically. <laughs> so like, I knew that was coming. I just didn't know it was coming so soon in the movie, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Well, Frankie, uh, just for our viewers, do you actually know where jump the shark came from? I don't know where jump the shark came from. I know what it means. I don't know where it came from. It is from the Fonz. Mm-hmm. He went on summer vacation and jumped a shark in the show, Happy Days. Oh, <laughs> of course. That Henry Winkler and his fucking antics. In his leather jacket on water skis, jumped the shark. And that's just where that term comes from. Fun. Okay. What I will say... I, I watched... Okay, don't don't laugh at me, guys. Don't judge me for what I'm about to say. 
I actually recently watched another Harrison Ford movie um, from his older, more more seasoned years called Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> and Scott, when I told Scott that I was interested in watching this movie, Scott, the first thing he said to me, he looked at me with fear in his eyes and said, no. And I was like, um, I'm going to watch it because if you don't know anyone out there who's listening, I am a connoisseur of shit. Okay, I like to watch shit movies, and I was hoping that Cowboys and Aliens would be a fun shit movie. No. It, it was, actually. I, I gave it a three <laughs> out of five. <laughs> I liked Cowboys and Aliens. But watching Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I felt like I was watching Cowboys and Aliens, like the first draft of Cowboys and Aliens, <laughs> even though Indiana Jones is not a cowboy. Now, Cowboys and Aliens, I saw that movie in theaters. I spent money to oh, watch no. that movie. Oh, why would you do that? Because Harrison Ford uh-huh. and Daniel Craig uh-huh. and Olivia Wilde. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, yeah, let's go see Cowboys vs. Aliens. It should be a fun, stupid movie. It's one of those movies that if it was on the sci-fi network and it came on and then suddenly memories would flash into my head of me actually sitting in the theater watching that movie... That's a problem. It's a forgettable well, I movie. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you that it's forgettable. I mean, it's better than it has any right to be. It really does, actually, now that you mentioned that, it felt like, as I was watching that, a sci-fi channel movie with a budget. That's basically what it felt like, which is cool with me because, again, connoisseur of shit. So watching Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, do I think it's a good Indiana Jones movie? No, I wouldn't even classify it as an Indiana Jones movie, but we'll talk about that. Now, would I say it's a good, just regular movie? No, but it would be akin to Cowboys and Aliens if it just didn't have Indiana Jones. If Harrison Ford was playing the fucking guy that he played in Cowboys and Aliens, I don't even remember the character's name, it doesn't matter then it would be fine. I'd be down to, not clown, but down to observe and admire the shit. There's so many choices in this movie that you sit there and you watch it and you're like, why did we make this decision? First off, aliens? Yeah, you know, and here's the thing. When I thought about it as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know what? I can understand how... Spielberg and Lucas and all that I can understand how they got there in their minds to aliens because it's not like there hasn't been mystical shit before in Indiana Jones so they want to do something different it's been 20 years let's really shock them and wow them let's put in aliens that sounds crazy but I can understand the logic well mm, I want to correct you here Uh, yes there's been mystical magical bullshit in all of the Indiana Jones movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the mystical, magical bullshit, or the MacGuffins, or whatever you want to call them, the Shakara Stones, the Ark of the Covenant, right? the Holy Grail, all of them are tied to legend and myth of reality. They are grounded. Aliens... <laughs> this is not... This is not that fucking meme of the ancient aliens guy going, Aliens! Yeah, <laughs> Aliens aren't grounded to reality. <laughs> it takes Indiana Jones to a weird fucking place. It does. Place. It takes Indiana Jones to a sci-fi place. And, you know, maybe if they had done this a little closer to Last Crusade, it would have been easier to sign on. 
But the problem also is compounded by the fact that Harrison Ford is 65 years old. And I'm not age shaming here, okay? What I'm saying is Harrison Ford is 65 years old. And God bless him, when he made this movie, he was like, listen, I want there to be jokes about how I'm old in this movie. I don't want to color my hair. I want to do stunts and shit. These Americans, they're scared about getting old and I want to show that it's fun. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But like, more power to you, especially since you're doing yet another fucking movie. God fucking bless. But here's the problem, okay? Indiana Jones, as Harrison Ford himself has said, appeals to the audience because of his quote-unquote imagination and resourcefulness. That's according to Harrison Ford, which I agree with. But the problem is, when you have a 65-year-old man doing crazy stunts and flying off of a fucking motorcycle and jumping around in fucking Humvees and shit in the jungle, it's it's not believable. (laughs) So when you add that onto an alien plot, Ooh, I'm all I applaud movies that are different but when you see Harrison Ford as 65 year old Indiana Jones holding a fucking xenomorph crystal skull in your in his hands it doesn't feel right it doesn't look right it's weird it's not it doesn't feel like Indiana Jones there are moments that I still do find funny especially early on in the movie yeah I laughed a couple times Harrison Ford, even in his old age and when he, you clearly see that he shouldn't give a crap anymore, still gives a fun performance here with a lot of little jokes, a lot of little nods. He, he clearly still cares. That's true. Like, he still has fun with the character. Even when he's in other movies like Cowboys vs. Aliens, like 42, where he takes advantage of the fact that he's an old man now and he gets to be this grouch of a person that he actually is. Right, we love that. <laughs> but Harrison Ford, he there are movies where you can tell he doesn't care because it's like, whatever. But he also knows when to turn it on. And he still ha- he's still got it. So, again, not judging for the age thing. It's just... I admire the fact that he wanted to show Indiana Jones in his old age and show that he's still got that spunk, that that chutzpah. I I buy that and I dig that. The problem is it's that, you know, there are limitations of growing older. But if you if you play it as you accept those limitations, but you don't let them stop you from being who you are and, and being your badass, intelligent self then that's one thing. Like, you could have Mutt, who is Shia LaBeouf's character, jumping around and doing all this crazy stuff and being like, come on, old man. And he's like, I'm fucking 60 years old. No. And then he, like, goes off to the side and does some, like, intelligent doohickey and fuckery to thwart the bad guys in his own way to show that he's, you know, he may be old and his bones may be brittle, but he's still sharp as a tack. You know, that kind of thing. But trying to push... Harrison Ford aka Indiana Jones at the ripe old age of 65 to be doing these crazy stunts and stuff it's it's not believable so it's kind of hurting your argument that like you know people shouldn't be paranoid about old age I'm still the same Indiana Jones that I was in 1986 no you're not (laughs) and that's okay (laughs) but like just you know show that if that's what you want to do but also if you're gonna introduce the younger more vibrant like Mutt character 
give him an actual character. Don't just make him a generic greaser. Uh, correct. I think there is a world where Mutt could have worked and people could have bought that character and dug it, but it was written so generically and like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. He's just generic guy living on the edge if it you was, know, uh, I'm it, a badass. Honestly, I don't go to school like Christer <laughs> in the fifties. It's like boring. <laughs> honestly, if you just removed the alien part and made it, the Russians are hunting for the city, the city of gold. Sure, which whatever, is, which is basically what the the, the, the plot. Atlantis. Who cares? It's just something else. The Russians are hunting for the city of gold. They've kidnapped Marion and John Hurt's character. John Hurt's character, I love John Hurt, but I was just like, go away. I cause I <laughs> I don't care about anybody. They introduced like multiple new characters in this that I don't care about. I was like, where is Sala? <laughs> Where's fucking Where's fucking Sean Connery? Like, can we have somebody else, please? That's when Indiana Jones is at his best. It's simple. Keep it simple. It would have been nice if we focused less on the minutia of the alien plot. And there is so much minutia. Like, it, I was drowning in the minutia. I had to turn to Scott like 10 times be like, what is going on with this plot now? Where are we going? What are we doing? Like, I have no idea. And you could have spent more time on that familial relationship and really developing not just Shia LaBeouf's character but like Indiana Jones and Marion's history over the last 20 years and like because that's you know that's what people give a shit about they give a shit about Indiana Jones and his quippiness which was sorely lacking in this movie I only laughed like twice <laughs> it made me sad that's the one thing about the Indiana Jones series as a whole that I felt was an issue is the fact that you had this whole big thing with him and Marion from Raiders and we never got that closure of what happened between him and Marion. And that was always something that kind of hung in the air for a lot of people because we love Marion. You have a great thing. Don't tear it apart. Ghostbusters 2. Apparently Ghostbusters Afterlife. But neither of us have seen that yet. I've only seen a review because I'm not even going to watch that shit. Uh, it's, it's it's interesting. The review I watched. It's very extensive and very sad. But we don't have to get into it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, so let me just knock out some of this preliminary information. Okay, hit us. So this was directed by, of course, Steven Spielberg. The story was written by George Lucas, of course, along with Jeff Nathanson, who wrote such classics as Speed 2. Cruise Control. And um, whatever the latest Pirates movie was, I don't fucking know. Dead Man's fuckery, I don't fucking care. <laughs> it's the one, I think, with the mermaid. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't even know what pirates they're up to. I don't care. The point is, the, the, the story guy is not great. Um, and George Lucas apparently went on record saying that um, because the film is set in the 50s, he wanted the film to reflect a sci-fi B-movie of that era with aliens as the plot device. Kind of like Plan 9 from Outer Space. You know, the Ed Wood movie that was so great that we talked about? I saw a flying saucer. Saucer? You mean the kind from up there? Yeah, it's counterpart. It was shaped like a huge cigar. 
yeah so this is not bode well um the screenplay was written by david kep who has written some bangers and some not so bangers jurassic park mission impossible sam raimi's spider-man movie war of the worlds and the 2017 mummy movie with tom Uh, cruise that completely single-handedly destroyed an entire franchise that never would be and hopefully never will The music, of course, was done by John Williams once again in his Grammy-nominated score. But um, this movie, it set a real wonderful new low for Spielberg because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the only Spielberg film to date that has won a Razzie Award. It won the Razzie Award for Worst Prequel, Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel in 2009. And it is the only Indiana Jones movie with zero Oscar nominations. Although Indiana Jones 5 will be coming out. So something tells me that will not have Oscars either. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So are you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty? Sure. (laughs) I'm so happy. (laughs) So, we start out with Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Because we're in the 50s, yay! In this section of this, that doesn't mean anything where these hot rodders are racing these people from the army. Was that like, what what was, why did that end? Did that mean anything? No, it did not. I think it was just meant to show that it's the 50s. Fun. So these guys are in Nevada, driving up to an army base where they're testing weaponry. And they're about to do a test on the atomic bomb. They shoot a bunch of people. It turns out these military men are actually Russians. We go from Nazis to Russians, you know. Communism is a red herring. <laughs> One man gets dragged out of the back of the car. He turns out to be Mac. But then we come- we don't we don't give a shit about Mac by the way he's he's our shitty attempt at Sala, and we don't we don't like that we want Sala back but unfortunately John Reese Davies was asked to return for this movie and he's like nah I'm good. <laughs> I also think this is slightly after Lord of the Rings so he might have been he might have been in New Zealand who knows he might have been busy yeah uh, I didn't even think of that that's true uh but I miss Sala. <laughs> He provided the comic relief. Where's the comic relief in this movie? It's Uh, like nowhere. So we cut to shadows as a hat falls from the trunk of the car. I okay, I liked Indy's reveal. I was happy with this. This made me happy. Harrison Ford bends down, picks up the hat, the camera pulls up. You see like the silhouette of him with the hat on, you're like, oh baby. There he is in all his glory, Harrison Ford. As Indy and the Jones. That was a cool reveal. What annoyed me about it, though, is that, like, we haven't seen Indiana Jones in 20 years, right? And this is, like, a really epic moment. And visually, they they, they accomplished that, right? Well, what would have been, like, the cherry on top? Maybe some beautiful John Williams score? Yeah. Just to, like, give us some oomph in that moment, that beautiful moment where we see Indiana Jones well, after lo- 20 fucking years? Nope. The little pan up. We just you, you have it come in with the little pan. No, no, Scott. No. We have nothing. Literally nothing. I'm like, what? What did? No swelling music. No like, da da da. Nothing. John, John. It's been twenty years, John. 
give us a little something. The score upset me in this movie. <laughs> they only used the theme twice, and it was in weird places that didn't fit. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? I didn't understand. Anyway, continue. We get introduced to the female Russian leader, played by Kate Blanchett. Yes, her name is Elena Spako. And uh, Kate Blanchett is uh, a classy lady, a real actress, an actor. She actually took the time to learn how to fence and practice karate in preparation for this role. And when I read that, I was like, honey, why? <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> she literally plays the most boring <laughs> villain in the movies. Kate Blanchett is just wasted like she might as well be in the rocky and bullwinkle cartoon they added a weird psychic plot to her that only shows up here at the beginning and then doesn't show up anywhere else in the movie she has a whole thing where she tries to read indy's mind I you are very difficult to read indiana jones and you, I, you think that's an exaggeration that's how she sounds we must go after moose and squirrel like that's how she sounds it's so stupid i've never understood the fascination with hollywood and kate blanchett she's fine she's you know classy British actress <sighs> that does classy British things. That's all. Whatever. I've ne- but she has, she has this psychic thing. She goes, okay, Indy, you're going to lead us to this thing you found in the desert years ago. It's here. And Indy goes, it's magnetic. Which doesn't make any sense that this thing is magnetic, but whatever. Indy does his thing where he throws balls from a shotgun into the air and he finds the case and when they open the case suddenly all the lights move towards it even though it would do that anyway because if this is this magnetic how does a wooden box contain it yeah that's true if like little shotgun shells are moving towards it from like yards away then how are the lights that are like right above it not moving toward the, the logic is not there and also there's a thing that says Roswell on it, which I didn't even know until Scott told me I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah, well, <laughs> we do get a little bit from Mac here. Mac continuously spouts off to him and Indy did all these things together during the war. I don't care. I don't care at all. Mac is boring and stupid and I don't care. Now, if Sala were here... <laughs> yeah, but Sala wouldn't do that. Like, Sala- but see, but see... Here, okay. So it turns out that, that they find he Indy finds out Max a fucking traitor or whatever. Okay, it's a fucking running thing throughout the movie. We don't know what side Max really on. I don't care if it was Sala, right? I'm rewriting the movie. If it was Sala, let's say John Reese Davies was not in New Zealand at the time, and he decided I'm gonna come back and be Sala again. Okay, Sala could be there with Indy and they could be talking about all the exploits they've been on and it would mean something because we've seen them, right? And then if it turns out that he's the du- like that he's a traitor, oh, then as your first time watching it like in the theater or whatever, you'd be like, "Oh my god, what?" like that would be like <gasps> a gaspy moment, right? And then later on in the movie, you can find out that he's actually a double agent and he wasn't really a bad guy and then 
the only difference is you don't have him turn evil and die at the end. You just keep him as a double agent and he gets away and Sala is free and wonderful and happy and everyone's together and we actually have some comic relief in the movie because Sala is great and this guy sucks. Okay, the end. I just rewrote the movie. Just one element and already made it better. You're welcome. Yes, so they find this case. They open it. It's a coffin that is very magnetic got a sealed body in it that is an alien there is a small if blink and you miss it roswell sticker meaning aliens and this leads to indiana jones starting to punch his way out again mac betrays him he shoots mac in the foot uh we get a good laugh here where he's swinging in between cars on his whip and he goes to jump into the back of one car but he just falls short and flies back into a truck. And he goes, oh, I thought it was closer. Again, the line should have been, God, this used to be easier. Ah, because he's old. Anyway, <laughs> Indy's, you know, driving along on the back of this truck, you know, and he shows up at the bomb testing site, remember? Because they mentioned in, like, a throwaway line of dialogue in that fucking opening scene that meant nothing that they're at a bomb testing site. I had no idea what was happening. And he walks into a house, and there's some mannequins there, and you're like, what is this? I, again, not paying enough attention. <laughs> Did not understand what was happening. And the TV is on, and the mannequins are apparently watching television, that doesn't make sense, but okay, okay, whatever. And then the bombs go off, and Indy's like, oh no, why, what are we, what will I do? Okay, the whole point of this is... There's a point to this? Yes, the whole point of the bomb testing site is, what if, at the time, because we are in the middle of the Cold War... What if the Russians just dropped a nuke on an American uh -huh. city? Yeah, no, I got that. That's but I'm saying, what was the point of riding it into the movie? <laughs> we already know we're in the 50s. We don't need this. They wanted to put Indy in a fucking fridge is what they wanted to do and have him survive a nuclear explosion. But that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I didn't, I knew that, again, knew the nuking the fridge thing was happening. Didn't know it was happening so fast because he runs, once he realizes the thing is counting down, the bomb's going to go off, he runs back into the house. And once I then realized what was happening, I'm like, wait, why is the TV on for the mannequins? That doesn't make any sense. It's playing Howdy Doody. What's going on? And then he goes into the kitchen and he starts emptying the fridge. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, it's happening now. I'm not mentally prepared. And it happened. And it was stupid. Yes. That is all. <laughs> so the nuke drops, explodes the city. The fridge, of course, goes f flying. Indy, of course, as it crashes, rolls out of it. He's perfectly fine. The thing is, we haven't even gotten to the plot yet. And I'm already, like, lost as to what's happening. It's only going to get worse because the actual plot that's about to happen is so convoluted and just too much. Too much little details that don't matter. And too much, like, side questing where we have to go to this place to get this thing. And then we have to go to this place to get this thing. And it's like they did that in the other Indiana Jones movies, but not to this extent. This is just... Let's just throw everything at the wall, including nuclear bombs and aliens and monkeys and Russian ladies that are, are psychic maybe. and fence. 
Okay. Hey guys, quick break from the main show. We just wanted to take a minute to show you all some kick-ass podcasts that Scott and I really enjoy. Check them out now. Hey everyone, I'm Laura. And I'm Jill. And we are the hosts of Crime Divers Podcast. We are Scottish sisters who tell each other true crime cases that other hasn't heard of. New episodes are released every Tuesday and you can find us on your favourite podcast platform. So what are you waiting for? Grab your wetsuit and join us as we dive into the world of true crime. But remember, watch watch out for those sharks! It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it that you always talk? All the time. I can't understand I why. This, this, voice voice this is the Merman, the voice of reason. These two can't awesome. agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo. Some are just soft. Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. So as Indiana's hopping aboard a train, suddenly, through the smoke, a man rides down the train platform. It is Shia LaBeouf. Actual cannibal, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> is, is he a cannibal? What? No, I, you've never seen that video? No. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta show you when this is over. Okay. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf. Looking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, he's here. He plays Mutt Williams, which... I mean, I know why they didn't say his real name. We're gonna get there. But like, Mutt? That's that's the name. That's the nickname you chose. All right. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I guess, you know, he named his dog Mutt. Ha ha, it's funny. He chose a name after his dog. Like Indy chose after his dog. Wait, when did he say he had a dog named Mutt? I'm just assuming here. I'm... Oh, this that's stupid. If that's... <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. I didn't even realize that because Indiana Jones named himself Indiana after his dog. And now the kid is named Mutt because that's a dog. That's so stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid. Oh my god. I just got that. It's so dumb. <laughs> but um, you know, I I give Shia LaBeouf credit. He gained 15 pounds of muscle just for this role. I'm sure that you might have noticed that Shia LaBeouf is not going to be in Indiana Jones 5, and that's because he's since this movie came out, had a bit of a falling out with Spielberg and Harrison Ford. After Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, Shia LaBeouf was basically talking shit about the movie. But he really was just saying that he felt like he dropped the ball on the Indiana Jones legacy because he couldn't make the material come to life and kind of stuff like that. Like really not shitting uh, on the movie as much as like it's more himself like you know because maybe he felt disappointed in how the movie was received on how his character was received yada 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 and like i get that but apparently (laughs) harrison ford called him a fucking idiot and spielberg told him quote there's a time to be a human being and have an opinion and there's a time to sell cars meaning shut the fuck up about your feelings bro just you know promote the movie which, like, I get it on their end, too, because, like, that's the business you're in. But at the same time, like, you know, 
if anything, it just shows that Shia really cared about it, like, you know, and he wanted it to be good. Yeah, but I get it from an old school kind of perspective. Yeah, movies are things you were trying to sell the public. So they go to a diner, Shia and Indy, uh, because Shia brings up Harold Oxley, who is John Hurt's character. Yes, John Hurt has been mentioned on the show before. He was in Alien, which we talked about. And he, of course, played Ollivander in the Harry Potter series. I love John Hurt, but his character is so pointless. <laughs> He's also kind of like a MacGuffin. Like, we have to go find John Hurt. Mutt mentions his mother, Mary Williams, who was also captured looking for Ox. So we get attacked by the KGB, but Indy starts a prep greaser fight oh my god okay so problem number one we're in the 50s so every problem must involve greasers and girls with big hoop skirts problem number two is that this is one of many glaring instances where the writing is obviously poor because not only are we introducing this new character of mutt williams in the most generic boring way possible we are including such banger lines as when the agents come over to their table, Mutt grabs a knife from the, like a steak knife from the table and is like, what is this? What's going on here? And then Indiana Jones says, oh, sorry about that kid. I think you brought a knife, pause, to a gunfight. were so many writers that were approached and wrote drafts of this script like it's so obvious that the writing was not on point jeffrey bohm who wrote the last movie last crusade wrote a few drafts jeb stewart who was a writer on die hard which we did an episode of frank darabond of all people was approached and then quite hilariously M. Night Shyamalan was approached, but then became so overwhelmed and frustrated with Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas that he opted out. Let me just reiterate what I just said to you. M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> was so upset and frustrated with these men <laughs> that the genius that brought us the happening dropped out <laughs> of Indiana Jones. He had just done the happening and... In the next year, he's going to do Last Airbender. So he, he said yes to those projects, but no to Indiana Jones because George Lucas and Spielberg and Harrison Ford were so unbearable in this process. Oh, boy. So, of course, Mutt throws a punch of the prep. Fight ensues. They lose the KGB in the library on the motorcycle. And it's even worse because this is one of the moments where they actually use the theme. And it's literally, it swells right at the moment where you just see Harrison Ford's ass on the back of this fucking motorcycle. And it's like, this is the moment you decide to use the theme for the first time. Not when you introduce him or when he's running away from the Ruskies in the beginning of the movie. No. Let's use it for the first time in 20 years when his ass is facing the camera and he's riding on the back of a motorcycle. Like, what What are we doing? <laughs> well, Frankie, we're going to Peru. That's what we're doing. Oh, my God. We are going <laughs> Is to... that where they went? I didn't even know that, so you just said it. Indy and Mutt are having this little discussion about how Mutt dropped out of college because it, learning's not for him. He wants to fix motorcycles for a living. And Indy goes, oh, well... 
Do what you love, kid. That's what's important in life. They find something that leads them to these missing Spanish explorers that have the crystal skull. All these movies have someone who's protecting the secret. And of course, this person is shooting poison darts at Indian Mutt. And then suddenly, Indy comes up from underneath him in the pouring rain and blows the poison dart back into his throat, killing the man instantly. And then I got, like, the first genuine laugh I got in the movie where <laughs> Mutt looks at him and he's like, you're a teacher? And Indiana just turns around and he's like, part-time. <laughs> like, ha, that was funny. I laughed. Scott, I laughed. I forgot what laughter felt like. That was so beautiful. They go, they find the crystal skull, and right after they find the skull, they are captured by the Russians. The thing is, like, that whole time that Mutt and Indiana have spent together for that portion of the movie, I guess was supposed to be like their bonding time where they become buddies, old pals, and you know, like they adventure together and they're cool now. You know, this old guy and the whippersnapper kid, he's alright. And their chemistry isn't anything special, but it's not bad necessarily. I don't know. I just feel like they probably didn't do any like chemistry testing before they did it. They just knew that Shia LaBeouf was popular and he could pass for Harrison Ford's son, maybe, uh. sort of, kind of. So they just put him in the movie. So they're brought back to the Russian camp. We see John Hurt has kind of lost his mind. Speaking in fortune cookie language, which like is fine, but again, just just pointless. Indy looks into the skull, which apparently opens up psychic channels in your mind. They are trying to get Indy to come along with them and to help them find the city where this crystal skull was taken because it will lead to unknown riches and powers beyond anything you can imagine. Blah. Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> so they're like, we'll, we'll get you to help us, Indiana Jones. And who comes out of the tent? Marion and Mutt calls her mom and Harrison Ford has a very like Three's Company-esque moment where he's like what what mom <laughs> did you just call her mom uh but then Mutt tries a daring escape attempt from the Russians grabbing John Hurt grabbing Marion grabbing Indy they start running Marion and Indy get caught in what is relatively quicksand. It's basically quicksand. Indy's trying to explain scientifically why it's not. Nobody cares. Marion literally yells at him to shut up because nobody cares. And it's like, okay, thank you. Move on. Indy's like, go get a rope or something. And it, 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 Mutt's like, okay, I'll go get something to pull you guys out. Do, 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 do. And he also tells John Hurt, who he goes, go get help. Which was stupid. Well, as Stupid, Indy. <laughs> as they're getting sucked in, Marion reveals the truth. Indy, you are the father. Which, okay, question, because you saw this in theaters. Yes. So was this advertised beforehand that, like, Shia was going to be his son? I, like, was this a shock when you saw it in the theater? I don't, I think so. Because I think that's why I reacted so negatively, because I'm like, what? I guess what I'm asking is, like, was it inferred? By just, like, the context clues. Like, did we know Marion was in the movie? Uh, no. I don't think we even knew Marion was in the movie. Oh, uh, okay. So that's not bad. No, like, it's not... That's not bad. It's not bad. That's fun. It's it's a fun little twist, and you're like, oh, so Indy's a deadbeat. Cool. Well, he didn't know about him. Yeah, but... 
they get out of the fucking quicksand but in a funny fucking way because of all the things that Shia LaBeouf could grab to pull them out of the pit he grabs a fucking snake and it's actually fucking hilarious like this is actually one of the only funny moments in the movie because Shia's like just grab the snake grab the snake and then he's like stop calling it that like what do you want me to call it call it a rope it's not a rope but then, okay, they get captured immediately because John Hurt literally leaves the bad guys to them because he's fucking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So that's why Indy is stupid for telling him to go get help because he's fucking nuts. Whatever. Movie has to happen, so they have to get captured again. Whatever. So they get captured again, right? And they're in this, like, fucking car thing, truck, whatever. And this is one of the best scenes in the movie because it's literally just Indiana Jones, Marion Ravenwood, and their son who just found out that Indy is his father and they're like talking about it and they're just like talking. We get info on Indy and Marion's history that they were going to get married and me sitting here, I'm like, what? Wait, why did we see this? I want to see this. Why couldn't we get a movie on this? <laughs> no, granted, Mutt is not a very well-developed character, but you obviously feel things when you find out that the guy he thought was his father isn't actually his father it's this guy and there are there are things that there are emotions there is drums we love that but no it ends immediately because you know plot is happening well there is a great moment where Marion goes, I'm sure there were other women. And he goes, yeah, but there was always one thing wrong with them. And Marion, of course, goes, what? And he goes, they weren't you, baby. Which was very cute. See, if you just cut out all the alien Michigas and like all they the characters that don't matter, like Mac and, and crazy Russian Kate Blanchett, uh. maybe you could have focused a little bit more on like the heart and soul of Indiana Jones. And then this movie would have been better. Well, you could have had it simply be Marion was captured, Indy and this kid who happened to meet up. And they're both looking for Marion. And you could have just had it go from there. You didn't need, like, you could have kept it's the not... Russians. You could have kept, like, the Russians are fine. You right, need the villain. you need a villain. That's fine. But, like, you don't need the new characters that we don't care about. You don't need aliens. The only reason people are going into the theater after 20 years is to see Indiana Jones and, like, see those characters that you love. So, like, if you have at least some of them, then use them. And if you want to start it up for a new generation and have Shia LaBeouf in there as the son, great. Make Develop him. <laughs> make him a person. Don't make him like a side character in Greece. He's Don't make him Kanicki. <laughs> make him a person. I was just about to make a Kanicki joke, too. Well, that's too bad, Scott. I'm a little too quick for you. The point is that... D d fuck. Oh, God. My head hurts. So this leads to our CGI mess of a fight scene. Ugh. Where... There are rockets that get shot by Indiana Jones, a sword fight between Mutt and Kate Blanchett. Yeah, between two cars, we've got to mention that. They're yeah. chasing each other in the jungle because they, uh, they are going yeah. back and forth with this fucking alien skull. And it's that actually didn't bother me as no, much. No, well, the thing is... It didn't bother me till we got to the fucking monkeys. We're going to get there in a minute. But the, the issue with this scene is... And I don't know why, but to me, it always seems like there's something spatially wrong with this scene. It doesn't seem like the cars are where they're supposed to be. They seem to shift all over the place to wherever the plot needs the cars to be at the given time. 
Right. I mean, I get that as far as like the CGI too, because the previous Indiana Jones movies rely so much on practical effects and everything. And granted, it, it's, you know, it's the 2000s. So, you know, CGI is really burgeoning at this point. So, of course, you're going to use some CGI. But then... But then <laughs> Shia LaBeouf gets carried away by a vine and ends up in the trees where he is taken in by Tarzan and the monkeys. And that, that to me, seems like such a George Lucas thing. It's, it seems like such a George Lucas thing. It seems like, like oh, you know, we need a, a thing for the kids in this movie. Let's add an alien guy who looks like a fish and says funny lines and we'll call him Jar Jar. Like... That like that's what this is to me. It just seems like such a random that like oh monkeys are in the jungle. Let's have them meet monkeys and then and then Shia LaBeouf will swing on the vines with the monkeys and then the monkeys will jump on the Russian lady and try to protect Shia LaBeouf because Shia LaBeouf sure. will be one of them now because he swung on the vines with them and I can't I don't understand <laughs> why did we choose this. It takes you so far out of the movie. It's just so ridiculous. So Indy has this fight with the big Russian that's supposed to be like our fight with the big Nazi from Raiders. And he's fighting this big Russian in a circle surrounded by what I assume are like fire ants on steroids. Oh my god, the CGI ants. I'm like, really? Were the CGI monkeys not enough? To my knowledge, there are no ants that eat human beings and drag them into holes. I could be wrong. They were colonized by actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Fighting for your life with Shia LaBeouf. Wrestling a knife from Shia LaBeouf. Stab it in his kidney. Safe at last from Shia LaBeouf. So Indy does knock out the guy into the ants. He gets eaten by the ants. Marion drives them off a waterfall. Because, you know, that's their escape route into the water, down three waterfalls. And then somehow they all survive that, and Indiana and Marion almost kiss, but then Mutt comes in and breaks it up because that's my mom! Fuck you! Then they find the, the secret temple of the aliens. Yeah, oh my god, can we just talk? Okay, he says... Indy that oh it's over yonder the place where we had to put the alien skull and they're like what do you mean how do you know that and he says because the alien skull told me to and why okay this the whole psychic element of this movie is insane back when we're at the the Ruski camp and fucking Indiana Jones is like tied to a chair and they make him look at the skull Scott proceeded to explain to me like if you look at the skull it opens up psychic channels in your mind that's why John Hurt's acting all crazy and I'm like okay so why are they showing it to Indy Oh, because they think he's special and it'll do the same to him and he can decipher whatever nonsense John Hurt is saying. Why do they think that? There's no reason why they would assume that Indiana Jones can take the psychic bullshit 
but other people can't but indy's special like it's not addressed for like 30 minutes that he has this psychic connection with the alien skull until that moment when he's like the alien skull told me to do this i imagine that the other people in his party are looking at him like are you okay do you need to go to the hospital like what are you saying old man have you finally cracked so Mac is dropping tracers so the Russians can follow them because Mac, turns out, is working for the Russians. Oh my god, I am so surprised. Uh, they, <laughs> they get there, it turns out they have all this stuff collected, the aliens have collected all the stuff throughout history, and Mac is like, oh my god, I'm rich. The movie was dragging at this point once they got to the temple i was like okay that means the movie's almost over great i'm gonna go to sleep now (laughs) so they finally find this chamber kate blanchett shows up again takes the crystal skull from john hurt oh didn't 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 he say didn't he say a han solo thing oh yeah he said a han solo thing guys yeah guys han solo you remember han solo right they have this whole big thing with aliens talking through john hurt and John Hurt is basically saying, I want to give you a gift. Kate Blanchett says, I want to know everything. And Indy backs up and goes, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> so the aliens start doing stuff to Kate Blanchett's mind and like blow up Kate Blanchett. Who cares? She uh, was so boring and bland like every other character in this movie. Uh a portal opens up in the sky, starts sucking Mac into the portal. It's just another CGI fuck show. Like, I, I, I don't even... Even if I wanted to understand at this point what was happening, I probably couldn't. Because it's just CGI fuckery just thrown at the screen. Just and, bleh. <laughs> and then they get to a cliff and all the ground's starting to circle. And what pops from the ground, Frankie? Oh, my God. I literally... I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it a ufo it's like a literal flying saucer like literally flying saucer in the ground going up into the sky and i look at scott i'm like is that a flying saucer (laughs) it's like yep it was shaped like a huge cigar so now can we go to the happy ending now now, we go to indiana jones and marion ravenwood are finally getting married the thing we've all wanted for so long yay much the best man because now he's cool with Indy banging his mom as long as he doesn't abandon her with a newborn child. Everyone's happy. Everyone's excited. The door flies open. Indiana's Jones hat gets blown down the aisle way. Dried at Mutt's feet. Mutt bends down, picks up the hat, starts bringing it towards his head. And as he's about to place it upon his head, Indy picks it out of his hand, puts it on his head, and Uh, walks right out with Mary. Ah, you fucking loser. (laughs) You're not Indiana Jones. You gotta wait for him to die. And then you get the hat. (laughs) He'll bequeath it to you. And that is Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So, Frankie, what did you think? I'm currently lying down on my bed just nursing my headache. Because the thing is, again, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think there is a world where this could have been good. I gave it a two out of five stars. I was back and forth between two and two and a half. But I felt that just as an Indiana Jones movie, it deserved an extra half star docking for its egregious disrespect for what made the original trilogy great. 
I have it as a one and a half because as much as I apologize to Shia LaBeouf because he's not the problem, he is a bland character. They did a poor job and Aliens was the wrong move, George. As much as you and Spielberg have connected with Aliens in the past, Star Wars, E.T., Close Encounters. encounters. This was not the place to try and connect Howard with the gang. We <laughs> I just realized yeah, that guy's an alien. That is true. This was not the place to bring aliens into it. it Could have been fine, but that's not what we got. We got this. Yeah. And this will forever be a sour spot in the Indiana Jones legacy. You know what? I I would hope. Now that they're doing five, maybe if we're lucky, they'll have learned from the mistakes they made in this movie. I just I, f- I feel like if they're going to learn one lesson from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it would be just to not... I mean, I understand the need to put like one or two new characters in there, at least a villain maybe or something, you know, just because you, a lot of the other characters are either no longer with us or just don't aren't interested in being in this franchise anymore. So new people got to come in but like at the same time you got to put some heart and soul into that original property and the original characters because i feel like if if they had done that in this movie through marion and indy and even through mutt i feel like it would have been a lot better yeah again you can have mystical magical but grounded mystical magical bullshit right uh i actually i'm glad that i saw this movie the 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 mystique about it is is over and I never have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, we own it, but we own it because we have a four-pack of the whole series. And we'll never watch it again. Yeah, that, that DVD is going to stay in there for a long time until our kid probably is like, Oh, I've seen the first three. What's this fourth one? Oh, no, son. <laughs> Don't touch that DVD. <laughs> Someone will call you and say <laughs> you'll die in seven days. Oh, no. And, no, that's another... Dear, that's another mood. Shut up. <laughs> so next week, things are going to be a little brighter, a little cheerier, a little happier, because it's Christmas, Christmas time. time. And we are going to be discussing some Christmas movies. I'm very excited. We hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, and we hope that you continue to enjoy your holiday season. Yes, we hope you gain 40 pounds in wonderful food. Oh, I, I hope that for me as well. But until next week, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick, and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. Make sure you vote for us for Best Podcast of Long Island. Yeah, we're getting close to the end, guys. Yeah, you can vote every single day until December 15th. So get on it. Help us bring home that plaque. We want it for our wall. (laughs) And make sure you come back next week for our holly jolly, super duper movie adventure. They call me Backdoor Santa. Ew, why? I don't know. (laughs) You ain't nothing but a house.